Hello everyone, we would like to welcome you to our first Rankia Pro Europe podcast, the world of fan selection. I'm happy to say that fan selection is one of the financial industry sector. I think we, we can find many women uh, in comparison to other uh, sectors of this industry. This will be the first podcast of a long series where I will be discussing with different fan selectors from around Europe about the world of fan selection, where we will be covering cultural matters, manias, or even the future of the industry. First of all, I would like to thank Amparo San Pedro for agreeing to participate in this roundtable discussion. She is the head of funds of funds at General Investment Partners, and Amparo, you are also based in Paris, right? And please feel free to add anything about your background that you think could be interesting for, for our listeners. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Carla. Thank you for inviting me in this uh, podcast initiative. Um, so yes, it's true. I'm based in Paris, so heading the fund of funds team of General Investment Partners, um, a team of uh, six people based, uh, two of them in, in Cologne in Germany and four of us in, in Paris. Um, I'm, uh, I'm the head of the fund of funds team in Jeep. Jeep is a new asset management company, so since the beginning, um, I think more than three years ago, uh, but I was heading the team in, in another asset management company of the group before we, we move into some organizational changes. Um, I'm doing this for more than 20 years, um, but before that I started in investment banking in, um, in exotic currencies, making some forex and some risk management. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amparo. Um, in this podcast number one, we are going to uh, address an important topic at the present moment, how to handle the fan selection culture during these uncertain times. So Amparo, welcome to, to this podcast and to the first edition, of course. And uh, just to let you know that I'm very glad to, to have you here with me discussing this topic as uh, the truth is that um, I don't really know the, the actual opinion. Well, we don't really know the actual uh, opinion of the investment industry from a fan selector's perspective. So, yeah, I just think that the world of fan selection is a very unknown and unfamiliar world in, in all aspects. So do you agree with me on that? Well, it's it's true that 20 years ago, uh, fan selection or fan of fan management was not really recognized in the industry. Now, um, I think we have gained a lot of respect and uh, the fund of fund desk is clearly identified uh, in any asset management company along with the equity, fixed income or multi-asset desk. But that said, clearly, if recognition is now true in the industry, I think it's not yet the case for retail investors, for common people, such as my parents, for example, for, for which it took me sometimes and many, many explanations to understand my job. I'm not sure even they did. So I think there is now more and more um, media information on funds. Uh, so such as podcasts, look at what we are doing, newspaper sections, uh, platforms like uh, yours, uh, Rankia Pro. So, all that will make our job easier uh, to understand from those common people, but probably um, there is still some educational uh, work to do. 
No, yeah, you are definitely you are totally right. I'm I'm totally agree with you because even that even that we are growing a lot um, our knowledge, I think that there is still a lot to do. So fingers crossed that maybe with this podcast we can we can start doing something. Um, okay, and now let's discuss the fact that it is obvious that uh, there is a need for interaction with uh, fund managers to select a fund and that there are certain qualitative aspects that you look for in the selection process. So, for example, understanding the fund investment philosophy or the portfolio manager's personality, which I imagine is not always easy to, to do so. Um, now that we are living in a post-pandemic world, um, how will this affect the way we interact with each other across the industry? I'm... I'm not sure, unfortunately, that we can say we are yet living in a post-pandemic world. And yeah, and that is clearly this pandemic period we had and we are still living today that made our usual qualitative assessment difficult. Um, asset management is a, is a people business. So therefore, um, I think when all uh, will be over, and I hope it will be soon, we will come back very closely to our usual way of doing so to to what we used to do so with face-to-face meeting in the meantime i think we have been lucky with the, um, the technology so and the digital we had making video meetings uh, a good alternative mm-hmm. yeah but um even that do you think that trust has fallen during this time so do you think that uh figure deals are closed without uh face-to-face meetings then because even though that we are living in a moment where as you said uh we are more connected than ever as a result of the new normal and everything face-to-face meetings are, are a key aspect to close operations right sure but it's not that truth has a trust has fallen um probably it's Yeah, probably some deals have been delayed, postponed, um, because video video calls uh, are usually what we we use for monitoring an investment already done. So it's once we have already invested, maybe to make a, an update, we, we make a call or, or a video meeting. But when it comes to assess a new asset manager or um, a new company, uh, for sure, face-to-face meeting is very appreciated. It's, Is, a, is an important part and it helps speeding up and making some steps of the of the investment uh, of the investment process more immediate mm-hmm. thank you very much amparo um i just think that obviously after uh covid we all have changed our way of work and also the way we interact so Obviously, I'm, I am sure that both options will be, will be valid. Um, however, I'm the kind of person that prefers to interact with someone in person, one-to-one, you know. Um, but yeah, now um, coming back to the fact that fan selectors uh, may look for qualitative aspects in the selection process, imagine that you have to uh, select between two funds, okay? And the only difference between uh, both funds is the fund manager. So... Your final answer will be based on how your relationship with the fund manager is. So your perspective towards the personality of the fund manager will be vital to, to select a fund. Well, first of all, I will not talk about relationship with a fund manager, <laughs> but uh, people, um, 
people is a key pillar. Uh, it's identified also on our fund selection process in, in generally. People um, not only mean fund manager, uh, it's all people who are um, in, in the asset management company with who we interact when we assess uh, a new investment opportunity. So, for example, the first contact we used to have in an asset management company is the salesperson. So for us, what we value the most, both for sales, but also for fund manager, is um, transparency, uh, efficient communication, and uh, of course, uh, availability. So to answer your question, uh, if we need to choose between two comparable funds, those aspects will make the difference. So really it's communication and not, not the personality of the fund manager, but how he will interact with me. Okay. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that everything, of course, in this life, um, more concretely with uh, the fund selection world, um, I think that the most, um, the most important things are trust and, and transparency, as you said, because um, as I said before, uh, there are operations that must be closed. So there is a need of, of trust. So, um, so yeah, I'm totally agree Clearly. with you. Yeah. And uh, well, Amparo, since uh, we are covering the culture of uh, fund selection in this podcast, um, what is your opinion uh, regarding diversity and equal opportunities within the financial industry as a whole and not just the, the fund selection side in general? Just to, to mention what you're saying. So, yeah, here, first of all, so I'm happy to say that fund selection is one of the financial industry sector, I think, even only considering asset management. So not only uh, even bank or uh, just looking at asset management, uh, I think we, we can find many women uh, in comparison to other uh, sectors of this industry. That said, there is clearly a lot of room for improvement to reach equal representation and balance. Um, but, mm, I've noticed because I talk I, I talk also a lot with my peers, uh, and uh, there are there are a lot of uh, initiatives in most of the asset management companies to promote diversity and also inclusion. Uh, for that, I'm very also, I'm very proud to say that it's the case in generally. Uh, especially in the asset and wealth management business unit uh, where we work, we we, they, we we have a dedicated program, including uh, specific trainings, many initiatives with a community creation program. Uh, so it's to 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 make us more visible, create networks, but also to 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 train everyone in the company about this uh, this need of diversity and about the actual picture mm -hmm. no yeah well I i'm totally agree with you again um <laughs> regarding this topic i think that uh, sometimes we need some training in terms of the new world and the new times that we are living but yeah i'm very optimistic uh, regarding the, the future of the industry i think that every day i can see that we go a step further so that's that makes me so so happy and hopeful and um and yeah now let's uh travel let's travel to the past a little bit um what are the biggest or or the most 
um, important cultural changes that have occurred within the industry in the last 10 years? I think biggest changes on, over the last 10 years are uh, linked to size or ESG. Uh, the size factor, um, I think it's many relevance on many, many levels, different levels. So we have the number of asset classes covered by funds. Clearly 10 years ago and today it's not the same figure. Uh, also the number of funds in each asset class, you can see that there are a lot, a lot of many, many new funds created each year. And now the fund universe is huge for us. Um, but also we have the kind of size chase uh, with concentration of asset managers. But in parallel, so at same times we are seeing many boutiques that have a niche offering uh, setting up. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the, the other change for me, of course, is, um, is ESG. Is the last one we are seeing, but for sure it's just a start. So focus on sustainability, on the ability of investments to, to generate a positive impact has been reinforced by, I think, by the COVID uh, crisis. And um, it, is, it is here to, to stay as one of the drivers that will most sharp influence, in, in, I think, in our industry in the coming years. Mm-hmm. But for example, um, do you see the, the industry changing a lot in the next 30 years? And I am asking in general, like you can talk about um, cultural matters or the fact that we will have more sustainable businesses in the future or even important technological advances. So uh, yeah, the floor is yours. <laughs> Not easy to, 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 I don't have the crystal ball, but yeah, for sure I am, I think Technology is one of the of the key drivers of change for uh, for this industry, but for many others. So, um, at asset level, for example, we we are talking more about crypto cryptocurrencies investments, but also for selection or asset allocation, uh, we 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 talk uh, more and more about robo advisors. Uh, but even if they will not replace, I would say everyone for sure but it's something that will gain ground. Mm -hmm. We, I see also a lot of, um, it's something that is already, uh, already happened over the last years. It's the pressure on fees, both on passive and probably active solutions. And always the same ESG. Uh, most, most of the assets will be ESG. If it's not 100%, we'll be very close to that in the future and maybe also there will be impact so not only esg so as i said it's pandemic situation towards but also i think regulation pressure has created this extra speed to esg adoption and i see also that new generations or younger people are much more aware about esg yeah. so they want they want us they want the financial industry to engage with corporates for a change in social and uh, environmental uh, aspects. Yeah. The good, I think the good point is here is that uh, we, 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 are ha we will have an harmonization in terms of regulation that will help and support this shift. Yeah, 
No, yeah, for me it's just amazing how everything <laughs> grows so fast. So, but yeah, yeah, I think the same. ESG is gonna be the the important player <laughs> of the next 30 years, definitely. And uh, yeah, well, I'm paraphrasing that we are close to the end now. Uh, but I would like to um, squeeze in some some questions about your role. So I was wondering, uh, what is your biggest uh, challenge as uh, head of funds of funds uh, generally? Um, well, I think my biggest challenge is is the same as every uh, as for every head of funds of funds team. <laughs> uh, it's meeting client needs, being proactive to 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 offer him the best service and making uh, making them satisfied. For sure, it's the main goal. Now, if I have to consider the the, the challenge in generally, maybe it's that I want to be part. I want to support this diversity and inclusion change. What we talked earlier. Um, establishing and valuing diversity and inclusion, not simply because it's right to do so, but as a driving force uh, towards success. Okay, no, that's that's amazing, <laughs> and and yeah, and hopefully I will see this uh, soon. I will see this change. And um, are you going to to change your portfolio permanently due to the possibility of another pandemic, economic crisis, whatever? No, no, I don't. I, I, I don't think so at short term. Um, what what I think is that new products, I mean, new funds of funds that uh, will be created are more maybe thematic or uh, ESG driven. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, this this is a very interesting view, um, and Jan, and really insightful answer. And uh, taking into consideration uh, the current market situation and uh, obviously that we are talking about culture in this podcast, um, which key industry uh, trends, like for example, commodity funds, uh, do you think will perform better in 2022? Um, here again, no crystal ball for me. I think um, all sectors have, have sub-industries that should benefit from the full reopening of the economies and uh, the resumption of growth. So for me, key, the key is to be diversified, flexible in allocation, so still very important. Uh, also including maybe some uh, real assets in your, in your allocation. Mm -hmm. Very, very difficult to anticipate next year's situation today, as we, I think we can't say now what COVID, that COVID crisis is totally behind us. We don't know if there will be new waves that can still change uh, uh, the anticipation. So um, I would say very complicated. Today we talk a lot uh, about inflation. Usually this could be benefiting value, um, but I think there are still many, many risks to take into account and we need to be cautious. Okay. Um, well, uh, thank you very much, Amparo. Um, we could be here for, for much longer, but unfortunately, this uh, podcast is coming to an end. Um, however, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to the listeners and, of course, to you uh, for agreeing to, to be with us in the first edition, in the first podcast uh, of this long series. And uh, let's hope that these uh, really interesting discussions get growing and uh, we look forward to the uh, upcoming Rankia Pro Europe podcast. 
So uh, thank you so much, everyone, and see you all next month in our next podcast uh, discussing a trending topic with another European fan selector. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carla. Thank you all.